Hi, and welcome to the GX video series and uh, the podcast. We're at the World Government Summit talking to influencers, change makers, and people who are literally shaping the future of the world. And I mean it. In this episode, I have with me a great friend, Deborah Perlucius, who's, uh, now here you go, okay, she's building a quantum computer. Is that right? <laughs> That's correct. We're going helping, to hear, helping. We're going to hear all <laughs> yeah. about it. Tell us about you. You have such a list of accomplishments. I want you to tell us which ones would you want to start with. Thank you, Ian. Well, I grew up in Mexico City and in a conservative community that discouraged young girls from pursuing a career in STEM, in science, technology, engineering, and math. And from a very young age, I was extremely curious and inquisitive, and I wanted to find out why, why the planets move the way they do, why you know light interacts with matter, and all these things. But in that community, you know, girls better pursue a more conservative path, get married very early, and I was very different. So my mother from Guatemala that didn't finish high school uh, actually told me, be careful, don't tell boys that you like mathematics and, and physics because maybe you'll intimidate them and you won't get married, which yeah. almost happened. Yeah. And um, so, you know, I learned to hide my love for physics and for math. And when it came time to go to college, my advisors in school said, go to philosophy, study philosophy, because it's more feminine and they're, you know, it's more of a, a career that you can uh, coexist with the lifestyle of, you know, a mother and all that. And so I enrolled in philosophy and two years down the line, I mean, I really loved it and it was, it's essential for my formation as a physicist, but I realized that that hunger I had for understanding math and understanding the language of nature, which I believe is physics and mathematics, was not gonna go away. Mm. So behind everyone's back, I started to read stories about obscure physicists like Tycho Brahe, and my son's name is Tycho mm -hmm. because of him, yeah. and they were my heroes. And I said, one day I'll have, as a companion, I'll be lonely and, and maybe I, I will be antisocial, but I'll have physics and my meticulous observations with me. So I applied behind everyone's back uh, to schools in the US knowing that you could pursue a double major. And I was extremely fortunate because my family couldn't have paid for what a yeah. university in America yeah. cost. And I received a full scholarship to attend Brandeis University in Massachusetts. Mm -hmm. There I met a mentor of mine, Rupesh Oja from India, yeah. from Darjeeling, who basically was able to mentor me and tutor me in two months what I had, what normally people had to learn in two years yeah. so that I could skip the first two years of the physics major and finish with the scholarship that I had. And Rupesh said that my curiosity for physics was, uh, you know, had no end. And my eyes teared up one day and I said, Rupesh, I don't want to die without trying. I know I probably won't succeed, but I don't want to die trying to do without trying to do physics. Yeah. So he mentored me and I was able to finish the degree in physics. And I tell the story of Rupesh because I always wanted to compensate him for all that he did for mm -hmm. me and the mm -hmm. mentoring. He said, when I was growing up in Darjeeling, yeah. like the tea, yeah. there was an old man who climbed up to my town in the Himalayas who taught me and my sisters the tabla, the musical yeah. instrument, yeah. mathematics and English. And when we wanted to pay him, he said, said, no, the only way you could ever pay me back is if you do this with someone else in the world. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's how my mission in life began, to inspire and encourage other young women who, yeah. like myself, feel attracted to 
STEM, of course. but feel that they cannot do it. And that's my, my background. I, I then pursued my PhD at yeah. Stanford yeah. with the Nobel Prize winner Steve Chu mm -hmm. and Bob Laughlin. Mm -hmm. And I was told after a lot of struggle and perseverance that I became the first Mexican woman to ever earn a PhD in physics at Stanford. And, you know, that carries a positive thing, but it also carries a big responsibility because yeah. I realized that I had to be, uh, you know, responsible for opening the path to many more young women around yeah. the world. No, that's such an incredible story and it's so inspirational. Uh, I have you. my daughter's uh, two now. If I told her your story and if she would understand it right now, she would be totally, you know, pumped up. <laughs> so I really, really love that. You're working on, you're helping build uh, a quantum computer Correct. right now. Yes. Uh, sounds very easy, yeah. right? <laughs> well, if you saw a picture, I'm currently in Finland and um, the team in Finland is building a superconducting quantum computer. So there are many different platforms with which you can build a quantum computer. Mm -hmm. It can be a photonic, meaning an optic one that's at room temperature, so it's a little easier to build. The superconducting kind is difficult because you have huge dilution refrigerators that are supposed to cool down the elements inside a quantum computer to minus 270 degrees. So this is colder than outer space, than, yeah. than anywhere in the universe. Yeah. Wow. And so you have to cool down and we, you know, we, we use Josephson junctions, which are a kind of device, mm -hmm. very, very tiny. Of course, you, you know, you need a microscope to see it mm -hmm. that actually uh, mimics or, or, or gives a response in quantum states. Yeah. And so that opens the possibilities of quantum computing because instead of like a classical computer where you just have bits, which are ones and zeros, which, which only means passing current through a wire or yeah. not passing, yeah. now you have a qubit has a number of possibilities because yeah. it has many more states that it can be in at the same time. Yeah. So by opening this for each qubit, you are essentially opening the doors for a much more complex calculation. Yeah. And also we are harnessing the power of nature because mm -hmm. nature is or follows the laws of quantum physics. Yeah. So by harnessing that, we're able to simulate mm -hmm. molecules and discover new drugs, new materials, uh, etc. So it's, it's mm -hmm. quite incredible. Mm -hmm. So how can we inspire the next generation of female quantum computers right here in the UAE and yeah. then of course across yeah. the world as well. What do they need to do right now, literally? So I'm writing a book especially for young girls okay. from 14 to 16 years yeah. old and it's a super powerful girl that has quantum properties, like quantum superpowers. And it's all about having leadership and curiosity and building confidence yeah. to fail because science you know we are taught and especially as women there's research showing that we have the the fixed mindset more often than men have it which means that we as women growing up we tend to believe that our intelligence is fixed that it cannot grow and so we tend to choose careers and topics that are come easy yeah. easier to us yeah. and that is a recipe i think for you know a, a world without creativity, without female leadership. And what we have to encourage women, like my friend Reshma Sajani says, brave, not perfect. So yeah. be brave to try new things. At dinner, I encourage my daughter and my son as well. And I tell them every Friday night when we do family dinner, what did you like this week? 
but what did you fail at this mm -hmm. week? Because mm -hmm. if they haven't failed it, at something, it means they didn't try hard enough. They mm -hmm. didn't, you know, encourage themselves to learn a new skill. And I think that's how we should encourage young women. Mm -hmm. And of course, I, I, I'd say early intervention, there are books quantum mechanics for babies even. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. you know, just talking to kids because it's their generation, the five and six-year-olds are the ones that are going to be using quantum computers, not mine. Yeah. So we should enable that future for them. That sounds exciting. You're here at the GX Talks. Yes. And you're talking about something very important. What, yes. what is it going to be? Uh, because of my background in physics and my interest in how science affects our everyday lives, I became a futurist, mm -hmm. which simply means that I look at different technologies and their path and what it takes for them to be adopted by the masses and what will stay, what won't, etc. And so uh, with my work in quantum computing and I also work in AI and machine learning, I am going to talk about the future of technology and what that journey will mean for every company yeah. listening and for every person. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Do you have a personal website where our viewers and listeners can find you? Absolutely. It's uh, www.sciencewithdebbie.com. -E Excellent. I'm also on Insta and Twitter with at Debbie Berry. Debbie, D-E-B-B-I-E, B-E-R-E. And uh, Debbie's talk will be available on this channel. And if you just scroll down, her talk here at uh, GX Talks will be available as well. Debbie, I can't thank you enough for your time. Thank you for thank inspiring you, yeah. people across the world, uh, girls, boys, all of them, because yes. we need people like you who really shine and help us just solve quantum computing. Yeah. All right? Easily yes. done. Thank you. <laughs> thank yeah. you so much. All right. It's been <laughs> such a pleasure. Thank you, everybody. And uh, we'll catch you in the next episode.